Are you struggling in your faith? Are you pretending you're happy but stuck in a spiritual rut? Are you tired of listening to famous pastors and preachers who make it sound so easy? Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Protestant and Catholic voice in America. I talk about the important things that nobody else is talking about, like how to align with God's plan for your life, because I believe this is where 90% of Christians get stuck. And I tackle the negative self-talk that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are brave Protestants and Catholics who share their struggles, their fears, and their daily holy habits that help them win in their spiritual lives. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist and a spiritual coach to Christian business owners and CEOs who are married with children. This show was created for you, the broken Catholic, who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. Today, my featured guest is Kyle Gillette. You can find him at GilletteSolutions.com. Now, Kyle is a certified ICF coach to business leaders and owners. He began his coaching journey at a men's mentoring program over 15 years ago, and that experience was the spark for his thriving coaching practice today and consulting business, Gillette Solutions. Kyle was born and raised on an orange farm in the Central Valley of California and now lives in Washington State with his beautiful wife and three daughters. He is the author of Life Map, Building a Future When You're Lost in the Present, creator of the Sage Mindset, Leadership Framework and passionate about helping businesses develop their people and improve their process so that they can be more profitable. So that sounds like a lot of business stuff because Kyle is a business guy and I bring on business people to the show because we talk about the intersection of your business and your faith. And we're going to speak about Kyle's story today, what God's been doing in his life up till now, where he's resisted, where he's cooperated, and what does God have next for him? So Kyle Gillette, welcome to Broken Catholic, number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Sure. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, Well, yeah, we are up in Washington State now, and that was a a journey for sure to move from California to Washington. But yeah, I I think the the gap in there is I did a lot of work in um, a church, a mega church for about two and a half years doing HR, and that's where I really got introduced to assessment world and the coaching world. And it really opened me up to the possibilities of coaching, the possibilities of what I do, but also introduced me to the Christian world of, of churches and what it's like to work at a big church, what it's like to be surrounded by pastors and to have that opportunity was absolutely amazing. So between the beginning of my career with, with the men's mentoring and that point, those two were huge spiritual points for me that allowed me to move forward. Like I have. Mm, got it. So take a minute, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Sure. So I, I listened to a few of your episodes and so I was prepared for this question and uh, I used to play water polo. And at, at one time we had a chance to go to the junior Olympics and kind of do a tryout. 
And so went to the junior Olympics and didn't make it. <laughs> I'm not exactly tall and water polo players are usually pretty tall, six, three, six, four, something like that. But it was a great experience. And uh, it was fun to get scored on by Olympic level athletes. And it was also fun to defend Olympic level athletes. So most people don't know that I was a swimmer and ran around in speedos <laughs> as a teenager. So it was a, it was a good experience and also humbling experience to, to see the levels of abilities. Cause there's in every profession, every world there's there's just different levels and it was really neat to be able to see that mm. i'm sure you brought some of uh just knowing your own capacity knowing your own talents you brought that into your what you do today your business coaching realizing hey i'm not here to compare myself to others i'm here to really uh magnify and let god increase what he already gave me right is that, is that a focus of yours like to really focus on building up the strengths you already have rather than building up the the inefficiencies or the weaknesses yeah. I mean, for me, one of the big things that I do with, for myself and for my kids and obviously for my clients too, is, is let's figure out what you're really good at. Let's figure out what am I really good at? And once I get that figured out, let's shape it some more. And there's a bunch of steps you can take to do that. But ultimately looking at the limitations is a little demoralizing. You need to work on them a little bit, but when, when you focus and see the strengths for what they are, it's, it's super empowering. And I think that one of the things that's happened for me with, with the coaching that I've received is coaches will see that they'll see things in you that, that you don't. And even the littlest of things, they'll point out and it's super encouraging. And so for me, I, I can't get enough of it, to be honest, I can't get enough of that insight as it relates to the strengths that I have and the strengths that other people have and, and working on them. You know, I think back to when we were in junior high, high school uh, here in the United States and our guidance counselors really focused on our weakest, our weaknesses. They really focused on the areas that we were not good at and said, okay, you need to get this better. You need to go work on this, et cetera. And now we're living in a time where I think we've learned from that. And especially in the coaching world, um, there's a, a true focus on strengths, right? The book strength finders, all these other great books out there. Um, to really focus on what you already have that's working. What is that thing? What is that God-given ability that he's put inside of you that when you do it, uh, you make it look easy? But yeah. the rest of the world uh, may struggle with that very thing. What was that for you? What, have, what has God revealed to you through coaching over the years, uh, through time and prayer? What is your true gifting? Yeah, I, I believe, and I feel like it's getting shaped up more. I think we're, we're giving gifts and that's, that's a beautiful thing. And then we can grow them some more. But for me, it's, a, it's kind of this intuition about people as, as I connect with them and, and I can read through the lines of what they're saying and what they're really thinking and what they're really feeling. Now, I don't go out and tell them what they're thinking or feeling, but I help draw it out of them. And, and I think the coaching world has allowed me to do that in, in really powerful ways because it's, it's a place where clients give you permission to be in their life in a much deeper way than just a normal friend or just a, a normal person in their life. And so God has gifted me with that ability to kind of read it. And then also when I'm in tune with the spirit, when I'm in tune with God and I'm in those conversations, it's extremely powerful to see him work through me. So I have that gift, but also when I'm open to it, he really comes through me and allows, allows me to ask great questions of my clients and to bring really powerful insights. So for me, it's, it's that gift of, of intuition of where to go, but it, it gets exponential when I listen to God and not just trust my own intuition only. So I think that's a big piece of, of what he's fortunately and wonderfully gifted for me. I really appreciate you saying that, that uh, so many coaches I've seen, they do trust on their own intuition 
tuition, which is good to a point, but they, they make it the end goal. And rather than it's just the starting point, right? And that God uh, is the one they need to take it to, right? And to be that vessel for that person in front of them, you know, their client, and to realize that their answer or what they think or their personal life experience may not be God's best for that client. And to really consult with God in that moment, to surrender to God, um, that call or that coaching session. And I know in my coaching practice, you know, that's something I do on every call is we do a quick surrender prayer right before we get started. And we remove our ego. We remove pride. We remove self. We remove know-it-all. Uh, yeah. My little control freak that wants to be right all the time. Yep. Right. We, we remove that so that I'm not blocking what God wants to say to my client right here, right now in this moment. And that's been something that I've seen the biggest results happen when I removed my intellect out of the matter. Do you agree with that? What do you hundred percent? Yeah. I mean, I'm nodding my head vigorously. <laughs> and recently I, I was pretty convicted about the need to, to be more purposeful in my prep, spiritual prep for my coaching conversations. Some of my coaching clients are Christians. Some of them aren't. And so sometimes I can pray with them and, and most of the time I can't because they're, they're just, they don't believe. And so that's not a comfortable thing. Uh, what's cool though, is sometimes I end up praying for them anyways, I, I get permission and I pray with them and, and I feel like it's such a beautiful opportunity to witness, but I was recently challenged. Just, I feel like God was really tugging on me and saying, Hey, why, why don't you prepare better? Why don't you prepare better for your clients with me? And I'm going, well, God, I pray for my clients and I do this and this. And, and I got this message of, no, I want you to prepare before and after for your clients. And, and so I, I started thinking about it, uh, part of my evening or my morning routine. And, and he kind of gave me this prayer. And so I wrote out the prayer on my, on my iPad. And so before each session with my clients, I read it and, and I pray it, but I read it at the same time so that I keep focused on the specifics of what I'm intending in that prayer and allow God to kind of break me down a little bit before so that it's, cause I mean, let's be honest, I, I get prideful. I want to do something good in that conversation. I want them to get something great from me in that conversation. And I think that he's going, uh-uh, no, 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 that's not how this works. It's not about you. It's about me and my relationship with them and how you can help that. And so these, this prayer has really gotten me out of the way. It's pushed me out of the way quite a bit and allowed him to become much more of the, the center and the focus, regardless of, of who I'm working with and, and where their faith stands, because God works on everybody's heart and everybody's lives. So BC Nation... Kyle Gillette is opening up here about his own coaching practice and admitting that he, like me, like you, we're all little control freaks. And yeah. we constantly want the credit. We yeah. want to be the source of the results, the source of the solutions to people's problems, to people's hurts, to people's pains. In other words, we have a savior complex. Yeah. We're trying to be the savior when we already all have a savior named Jesus. And so many times our ego gets in the way and we try to play God in our own lives in our marriages, in our relationship with our kids, in our business and with our clients, unfortunately. So I hope you're hearing this right now and maybe just doing a quick assessment of yourself in your own life. Where are you doing this? And is there a better way you can prepare um, for your time in relationship with others, like Kyle has suggested, and that he has taken on in his own coaching practice. Is there a prayer that God wants to give you to really get you focused, to get your mind right, to get your ego out of the conversation so that God can show up 
and give the most incredible results in your clients' lives. And you could take credit for participating or creating the access for them to God and, and those miracles, but never take credit for the miracles or for the results or the solutions. Kyle, what do you want to add to that? Well, I think that I've tried to do that in the past, the negative side of that, which is to, to take credit. Uh, I, I think the business world really shoves down your face that, that you need to be this superstar. You need to be everything and all things to your clients. Uh, and especially in the marketing world, you have to present this front of, I have all the answers. I've got it all figured out. And this is the language you need to use. And this is the way you should present yourself, the confidence that you should have, all these things. Uh, that's the impression that, that I got, at least initially in the business world. But then over time, I've realized that what people really want is vulnerability. They want you to be legitimate with them. They want you to be real with them and to be honest and to share the truth with them. And so for me, I had to go through that, that journey of, of being fake and, and trying to, to project a certain persona, project a certain person online and then the way I conversed online. <clears throat> but then as I realized it didn't work, now I'm being so much more real with people. And that's what people want. They want genuineness because, I mean, our savior is genuine. The relationship that we have with him is genuine. And that's what people really, really want is a genuine relationship. And sometimes the best they can do is a relationship with us because they don't have it yet with God. And so it took way too long to get there, but, but I feel like I'm, I'm getting it. I don't have it by any stretch, but I'm getting it. And I think that that's really all God could ask or could want at this point, because I don't know how much, how much farther I can go without his direct assistance to get, to get me there. What do you think is standing in your way right now or stopping you from um, going further in that specific thing? Yeah, I, th I think it's a surrender. It's a trust, uh, trusting that my genuine self is all that I need to, to put out there. My genuine self is what God wants me to put out there because it's who he created me to be. And if I'm trying to add these little things, then, then it's kind of like a God and. It's like I'm, I'm adding to what God has created and saying that what God created isn't enough. The gifts that he's given me, the talents that he's given me, the insights that he's given me aren't enough. And so I have to go try and figure it out and try to add to it and, and fake it. But instead, if I'm just vulnerable and real with him, he's going to show me a path. He's going to show me the clarity that I need and be able to be as helpful as possible for my clients and to help them to be as genuine as possible themselves. So BC Nation, we're talking about can Christian coaches take credit for their clients' results? And should they? Should you? Right? And Kyle's laying it down here, man. And he's getting vulnerable and transparent. I didn't know the conversation was going to go this direction. And that's part of what I do. I do a surrender prayer, just so you all know. I do a surrender prayer right before I get on a podcast. With every, before with every guest. Sometimes the guests will participate if I invite them to. Sometimes I'll just do it before they get on. And I surrender all outcomes and results to God. I ask that he be glorified, not me. You know, that his words show up for your ears right now because it's God's words that are going to heal the area of your life where you're stuck or you're broken or you're enslaved. It's not mine. It's not Kyle's. We're just giving you an access. That's literally it. We're pointing you, redirecting you, repointing you, right? So Kyle, let's go back in time just for a moment. Um, faith journey, bro. Like, let's speak about that. Like what it looked like. Was it all sunshine and roses? You grew up in a good Christian home and there was no dysfunction whatsoever. And maybe you were the pastor's son. I've heard them all. Um, sure. Or did you have a life like me where you rebelled and ran away from it because the way God was presented was 
more a tyrannical God, not a God to have relationship with. Like what was, take us through your story really quickly up until present day, would you? Yeah, sure. So I grew up in a, in a home that I would say had Christian values. Uh, we didn't, we didn't do church. We didn't uh, talk about Jesus in the home, but there was a lot of Christian values, you know, telling, telling the truth, being, being genuine with one another, um, caring for other people, those types of things. And, and I would say now that my, my parents are believers and it's been a beautiful journey to, to participate in as just through prayer. I mean, through prayer and my own witness, but uh, I began to engage in church because I had a couple friends in, I think it was junior high that it started, but really in high school that, that started to be real with me about faith and real with their faith. And so I was able to observe it and able to be intrigued by it. And my friend, Derek, uh, he was a, a worship leader. He's like, you know, same age and everything, but he was going after it. And so we would go and do youth group and I would sing with them. And what would happen is I'd go to those youth groups and I was in sin because I was sleeping with my girlfriend at the time. And I was, I knew it was wrong. I knew I was in sin. And so I would go to those youth groups and I'd say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my sins. And then nothing would happen. And I didn't get it. I was like, God, aren't you just supposed to forgive me? And I just didn't get it. And so I got invited to go on a mission trip and I decided to go for, for two reasons. One, I wanted to go because I thought it would be neat to do. And number two, because my girlfriend was going to be there and I could make out with her in Mexico. So those are the honest answers, the honest reasons why I wanted to go. Well, she ended up not being able to go. So that worked out great for me um, ultimately. And we would, we did this, it was a service trip and we did a bunch of things for, for a church there. Uh, but every night we'd have this, this worship time. And it was in this room that, that could fit about 50 people but there was probably 75 in it. So it was pretty packed. And I always, I always want to remember this. There's always a blue mat on the floor. It's like a wrestling mat that's on the floor. And there's a three-piece band up at the front. And they're playing the same songs every single night because apparently they don't know that many songs. But it worked out great for me because I was so fresh to Christian music. I was able to just memorize the songs. And so we were there for, I want to say five days. It could have been, it could have been longer, but roughly that long. And I remember it was the last night. And they're doing the worship, but I'm going, God, you got to forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my sins. I'm sorry. Forgive me for my sins. Just repeatedly saying this. And at one point, the, the band leader said, I want everybody to be quiet and just, just listen to God. And so I got down on my knees and I was quiet and I was just listening. And in the middle of the silence, somebody screams out, Jesus, just screams it out. And then I instantly get this really powerful, you know, chills or whatever you want to call it, this overwhelming feeling and then I hear this voice, I don't know if it was audible or not, but I hear this voice, you are forgiven, accept it. And I, and that's, that was the missing ingredient for me. I knew, I knew I was forgiven, but I wasn't accepting that forgiveness because I didn't think I was good enough to accept that forgiveness. I didn't think I had done enough to accept that forgiveness. So when that washed over me, I went, okay. <laughs> and I accepted that forgiveness. And then I was a, I was a, a tearing disaster, <laughs> it's naughty disaster for the next 30 minutes. Um, but it wasn't all sunshine and roses after that. I stumbled around again. I, I, I had another girlfriend and I wasn't, I wasn't faithful to God in that relationship. I, I struggled there. Um, and then eventually I got so much conviction that we broke up. She cheated on me. We broke up. It was just very, very nasty and ugly. Um, and then went to college and college is where I really developed my relationship with God. I was saved, but I didn't have a relationship. When I went to, went to college, that's where I discovered that God is personal. He's not, he's not this dude up in the sky or something like that. He's, he's very, very personal. And so those four years were just foundational years for my faith uh, and extremely powerful for me. Mm. 
powerful testimony, powerful story. And I think you raise a great question here. I think we may title the show this way. Does God forgive us if we keep doing the same sins? Hmm. What do you think? Hmm, there's a, that's a loaded theological question, right? Uh, I think. I mean, you lived it. Yeah, I, I think that he does. When you genuinely are working to let it go, to, when you're genuinely repenting, if you, if you continue the same sins and you're not repenting, then it's a whole different thing. But I was genuinely asking for forgiveness and seeking and trying to figure out how to repent. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I just couldn't repent. I couldn't turn that 180 degrees away from the sin. And, and, and sometimes some sins come back, but it wasn't, I didn't choose to stay in that. And it wasn't my work that saved me. It's nobody's work that saves them. But I think we have to genuinely turn in order for God, for us to have that relationship and for us to continue in that relationship, there's a, there's a genuine connection that happens. And once that happens, you're set. It's beautiful. You're set. And, and that's what happened for me on that, on that day, on that day in Mexico. That's what happened for me on that day. But I, I stumbled around quite a bit. So the answer to your question in short is yes. But I think the relationship is so much better when you turn and let go of that old lifestyle of the, the old man or the flesh, in other words. Mm, powerful. I've raised the question because of your story specifically. I also think of the adulterous woman in the Bible where Jesus forgives her of her sins right after they want to stone her. But he says something very important that many of us Christians leave out. He says, your sins are forgiven, right? Or, or I don't accuse you either. Go and sin no more. And that's a very, very important thing. Now, what you said is what I also lived, which is, I was at a place in my life where I did not have the desire in my heart to stop doing the sin. That was step one. Yep. And I couldn't even get there. I knew it was wrong. Just like you knew what you were doing was wrong. BC nation. Maybe there's something in your life right now. You just know it's wrong, right? God gave you that conscience, that morality, but you don't know how to stop it. Or you don't even want to. The first part of that is own that, like get real with God, be honest. I know I had an honest conversation with him, Kyle. And I say, God, I want to stop sleeping with girls. I, I, I mean, I don't want to stop sleeping with girls. Mm -hmm. Like I'm having way too much fun, but I know it's wrong. And I know I'm hurting people. I don't mean to. I'm just being selfish. So either you put the desire in my heart to stop, or I'm probably just going to keep doing it. I've said but those I, exact same, same words. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but. No, I mean, no, that was perfect. I'm glad you interrupted. Go ahead. In so many ways, I've said those exact same words in, in that sin, but also in lesser sins, you know, stuff like anger, you get angry and it's like, yes. God, I can't, I can't control this. You have to help me control it. And I don't know how to surrender it to you. Yes. How am I supposed to surrender this thing that, that in the moment feels right, but yes. I know afterwards is so wrong. And it's, it's, it's that, you know, hopefully it's not a battle that goes on forever, <laughs> you know, ultimately. Yes. And, and I think, so, it, it, go ahead. Thank you for jumping in with that and saying, hey, I've said the same prayer. And that's also why you got set free, right? So BC Nation, there are clues in our testimonies, clues for you to be set free in whatever it is that you're enslaved to, right? And, and we're all broken, right? We're all, that's why the show's Broken Catholic. Like we all need a savior, right? If we weren't broken, we wouldn't need to be saved, right? So we just own that. That doesn't mean we stay in that place, right? So if you're battling an addiction, for example, I deal with a lot of clients with addictions. And if you're battling addiction, I have, I give them a two-step formula. The first step is you have to have the desire in your heart to stop, right? And if you don't have the desire, go have that conversation with God and just get 
honest with him. Say, God, I don't have the desire to stop this thing. Okay. That's, that's the first part, right? Get honest. The second part is then ask him or give him permission to put the desire in your heart to stop. You must do this. God is the mm-hmm. ultimate gentleman. He'll never trump our free will. He waits for you to give permission. Most, most of us don't know this. I didn't know it. You didn't know it. We accidentally stumbled upon it. Yep. So BC Nation, I don't want you to have to stumble anymore. Neither does Kyle. So we want to give it to you. So that's step one, uh, honest conversation with God. Step two, give God permission to put the desire in your heart and then wait, go about your thing. And if you keep sinning, you keep sinning. It's kind of like on God now. It's like, God, I gave you permission. Let me know. Until then, I'm going to keep messing up. And I know that's not theologically good advice, but this was my personal experience. My clients, I coach them through this and they get set free following this. And then the third step, God will honor that prayer. He will put that desire in your heart. You don't know when, it may be a week or now, from, a week or two or a month or two from now. All of a sudden, you're going to feel like, I want to just, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I'm done. I, and you're going to be like, wait a second, where did that come from? Right? And then step three, you surrender the addiction. You surrender the sin to God. This is crucial. So honest conversation, step one. Step two uh, is give God permission to put the desire in your heart to stop. And then step three, Father, I surrender to you this sin. I surrender to you this addiction. I give you permission to remove it from me in the name of Jesus. And he will because he's a good father. Kyle, I know I just went off on a rant there, but I want people to be set free. What do you want to add to that? Did I miss something? Did I say something incorrect? What, what are your thoughts there? I think for me, a, a lot of it's in my mind. A lot of it's a, a challenge in, in my mind that I have to, to work on. And for the listeners out there, one of the things that I do that's extremely helpful for me as I'm dealing with this and, and surrendering and, and asking for him to change my heart, uh, I love to journal. I love to, to write down these thoughts, write down my current perspective, no matter how twisted and jacked up it is. I mean, I've, I've cursed at God. Don't, I mean, for real. I mean, and, and it's me being real. There's nothing that surprises God. There's nothing that I can say that surprises him. There's nothing I can do that surprises him. And so I just dump it out there on paper. And sometimes I just dump it out verbally. And that every single time I've done that, when it's been that genuine quote dump of my thoughts and my feelings in my heart, God speaks, period. He speaks in some way or another through someone directly, through my heart, some sort of a, a thought that I know that's not mine. That's another way that God speaks to me. It's just, it's a thought that you know that's not yours. And you're like, ah, okay, thanks, God. Thanks for that clarity. So for me, I, I mean, I've, I even use a, a process of, of how to kind of detox that, that nasty, those nasty thoughts that, that I've just embedded in my own mind over and over again. And I've learned how to, to take them out. And it's not easy and I'm not perfect at it by no means, but when God's hand is on it, it, it works and I'm grateful for that. So, so for me, there's a big mindset piece to it that, that really helps me out. Awesome. We are speaking with Kyle Gillette. Kyle, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? Let's do it. All right. What's your favorite thing about God? Genuine, just the ability to be really real with him. Yeah. And I think that was great advice you gave our listeners. Get honest with God. Dump everything. Don't hold back. He can take it. He's God. What's your least favorite thing about God? He's slow. (laughs) 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 Or so I think he is. 
<laughs> or are we slow <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to receive, exactly. right? Exactly. That's so funny. What are you most afraid of? I wouldn't say failure, but I would say that I'm, I'm not pointing at the right target, mm. not having the right target in mind and, and maybe not being the, the right focus because of yeah. that. I get that. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our lives. It's just part of being human. What are you currently struggling with right now, either professionally or personally? Can I share a story real quick? Is that all right? Go for it. So this morning, my oldest went to an orthodontist appointment and my youngest woke up in a mood. And then my middle kid was just fine. Uh, but my youngest is four. And she spent about 30 minutes this morning screaming at the top of her lungs. And so for me, what I struggle with is keeping myself under control when I can't control the things that are going on around me or the people around me. And so it's, it's the anger piece and, and learning how to really prepare myself in the morning, just like I need to prepare myself for my clients and for any situation, uh, to prepare myself for that, just to say, God, I, I surrender this morning to you. I, I give whatever's going to happen this morning to you. And I don't do that at all, at all. Like hundred percent, I don't do that. And I felt convicted recently about that. And, and I felt like God said, pray in the transitions. And I'm like, what does that mean? And the way I understood it is we go through transitions all the time. And I mean, little ones. So when I'm done with this interview with you, I'm going to transition from my office to probably the bathroom. And then when I come back and I meet with somebody, I'm going to transition from whatever I was doing to meeting with them. So pray in every one of those little transitions, because God challenges us to pray without ceasing. And so I, I heard that and, and I need to do a better job. I'm improving, but I need to need to do a better job of praying in the transition so that I can get that self-control back and do a better job of managing, not managing the anger, but using it properly. I really appreciate you adding that to this conversation. Transition prayers. There are transitions all throughout our day, BC Nation. These are golden opportunities Kyle's bringing up here to speak with God, to include God in our day and our struggles transition from an office meeting that didn't go well, right? Go dump it on God. Like go speak with him about that. God, that, what the heck just happened? I don't get it. I was hoping for that promotion. You know, my bills, you see what's going on, right? These are opportunities, golden opportunities. Kyle, I really like that. Thank you so much. Uh, what did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Moping around about that. My business crashed right after COVID. <laughs> I spent from March to June just moping about it and not not doing anything about it, whining and complaining to God. And he's going, here's the oars, dude, do something. Here's the oars, start rowing. Hello. And so once I started rowing, God blessed it. And it was, it's beautiful. Best year I ever had, despite that crash. And so God was very, very faithful, despite my, whatever you want to label that, that I did. <laughs> Got it. What secret fear do you have about people? Huh. I guess I would, I would say that they don't, that I'm not as much as they think I am. I think that's it. Is that imposter syndrome? Maybe. Okay. Got it. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? That he's, he can take anything. I, I really wish I would have learned that sooner. Uh, and that I guess there's two pieces here so that he can take anything. I can say anything to him in honesty and, and genuineness, and he's going to shape it for me. But two, that there's a bunch of other people out there that, that want to participate in my relationship with God. They want to play a role, just like I want to play a role in, in the relationship that other people have with God. There's a bunch of other people that genuinely love me 
whether I know them now or not, but they genuinely already love me because they're in the body and they really want to take care of me. Like I want to take care of them. And I wish I would have known that when I was even younger or at least accepted it. I think I might've known it. It was intellectual, but it wasn't in my heart. I get that. Kyle, I love you, brother. Thank you. Love True you story, too. man. True story. What's a new habit that you want to form? I think the transition prayers. I think that that would be it. Uh, being ceaselessly in prayer. I mean, I know that's almost impossibility, but I think that if I can form the habit of, of constantly being in prayer in transitions in my life, uh, small and big, then I'm going to be a better, better father. I'm going to be a better husband, probably other order. Uh, I'm going to be a better businessman, better friend, et cetera. I agree with that. What's a bad habit you want to break? Cursing. When I get, when I get frustrated, um, when I get mad and it's only at home, I don't do it in any other context. The filters are down at home and it's ugh, frustrating. And so I don't need to be dropping an F-bomb or an S-bomb in front of my kids. You know, I'm, I'm supposed to be a Christian and I'm over here being kind of nasty with my language. And like the scripture says that a little spark instead of forced fire, you know, instead of forced on fire. And, yeah. you know, if a man can control his tongue, that's amazing. And so for me, it's, it's getting that stopped, not an even, not under control, but just, I don't, you know, it's fiddlesticks instead of some other word. Quick story there. Uh, last night I was playing racquetball and for whatever reason, I haven't used a four letter word in, I don't know how long now. Right. And I was just having a humility game night. I was getting just beat down game after game. And I remember I would miss my shot and I would just do an S bomb. And I was like, where's that coming from? I even mm. said it out loud to the people I'm playing with. I was like, I don't even curse. Why am I saying this? And it probably happened five to six times. And then I just stopped talking because <laughs> obviously <laughs> I lost control of my tongue. So BC Nation, I want you to know we're all human. We're all human, even you. Kyle, pick three words to describe who you are now. Who I am now. Loved. Growing. Ambitious. Got it. Pick three words to describe who you were before. Uh, you truly had that experiential moment of listening to God and surrendering to him. Lonely. Afraid. Yeah, I don't know what the third word would be. Little. What is it? Little. Lonely, afraid, and little. BC Nation, do you feel that way? If you do, try my three-step formula for freedom in your life. Get honest with God. Give God permission to put the desire in your heart to do the thing you're not doing or to get rid of the thing you won't let go of. And then step three, surrender that thing to him, to his power. Let go of it, you little control freaks. <laughs> let's be real <laughs> and last amen. question amen <laughs> and last question kyle if you could come back to life after you died look your family your friends your wife your kids in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about everything all of it life eternity the works what would you say to them spend more time with god in fellowship got it any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having that real relationship with God versus not? A real relationship with God is it's honest, it's open for sure, but it's also disciplined. 
you, you have, there's, it's not religious, but it's discipline. There's, there's things that are important to do and they're kind of, they're a little bit individual the way you go about it, but you got to spend time with those that you love. And God wants to spend time with those that he loves, which is everyone. And so I would say to, to figure out what is, what is the pattern? What is the comfortable pattern for, for you as you go through your day when it comes to building a pattern and having a relationship with God, whatever that is, God's going to love it and he's going to honor it. Kyle, how does BC nation get in touch with you? If we so choose, what do you got for them? What are you up to? What do you got, bro? Yeah. Uh, you can reach me at GilletteSolutions.com. Uh, I also have my own podcast, which is called the Sage Mindset Podcast. And uh, what I'm up to right now is I'm in the middle of developing what's called a 30-day challenge. And I'm really excited about it because it's all about helping business leaders change their mindset to look at what's going on in their life, what's going on in their business, and use a switch in mindset to change gears, to focus just a little bit differently. Because I, I mean, I firmly believe it's the little changes that we make that create massive results, massive changes. And so this 30 day challenge is all about bringing in leaders that they want to make those little changes that over time create those massive results. And I'm super excited to, to have a bunch of people in that group and see, see the, the impact of a community of people that are, are seeking to change their hearts, change their minds and, and grow and get some results in their life and in their businesses. And to do it through God, uh, where do they find that Kyle? Uh, you can visit my website, GilletteSolutions.com, and uh, there'll be a menu link that says 30-Day Challenge, and you can click on that and check out what it is and see if you're interested in joining. All right, BC Nation, go get challenged by Kyle. If you like him, if you resonate with him, he showed up with his heart wide open today just for you in your life. Listening right now, he brought you one step closer to God, to that deep, deep, deep relationship with him. Kyle Gillette, I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes 
Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.